0: Well, over 40 years ago, well over, right, Uh, I I was a freshman at Philadelphia College of Bible um, and uh, went there. My my freshman year is the only year I got to room with my brother Dan. He was a junior. And uh, Dave Fox was a a sophomore. He was across the hall. But we all decided to take an evening class, Uh, I think Introduction to Drama or whatever. Um, And... The class was basically, you were learning a little bit about it, but it was really, we were putting on a play. It was play practice every night until the performance. And, and uh, the play was a play called The Devil to Pay, written by a woman named Dorothy Sayers. And it was, you know, set in, you know, the end of the late Middle Ages, beginning of the, the modern era or whatever, the 1500s. And it was about Doctor Faust, and Doctor Faust sells his soul to the devil, Mephistopheles. You know what I mean? And and you know, in other words, to get ahead in life. And uh, it it was written, uh, Dorothy Sayers is a Christian woman, and and it had theological themes in it. But the the idea was at the end, uh, when after having done all that, uh, uh, or, or Faust realizes the mercy of God is still greater than that pact. And uh, Mephistopheles, the devil, loses even though Faust had promised himself, you know, this pact, and the mercy of God is able to rescue uh, at the end. But to be honest, uh, it's, it's rather dry reading. And m- not only that, when we were planning the play, uh, Mrs. Okolsky selected me for a, a supporting role um, and, and she said, listen, you're going to be Faust's assistant. You're going to be his like, you know, and, and, uh, this play has the very good, good chance of coming across very dry on the stage. So your role is to make this play entertaining. Your job is to, when you come on the scene, you're supposed to bounce and be light and fluffy, kind of like, oh, oh, my, and, and, and you, know, you, know, like, you know, like you're stumbling and bumbling here and there, and we need that. I want you to talk a little higher. Oh, Dr. Faust, you know, and, 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 and my role is to kind of, you know, I guess just keep it, keep it, it, it wasn't a comedy by any means, but she said, you need to bring comedy in some ways and comedy on stage can be artistic, or it can be unplanned. And on one particular, scene, now I was—I I don't know if you want to picture a court jester, but that time of the, I had like a hat with a feather. I had a very fluffy, and I have to say the word blouse that I was wearing with a belt around it, and and and, and green leotards, you know, down, you know, from, down all the way down to to like the little whatever whatever kind of shoes I had there at the bottom. And so I was off scene, and, and I knew it was one of my scenes to get on. And I'm supposed to have a, a, a tray that I bring out with a, a, a pitcher of water and a lit candle. But I can't find the tray. But I hear the lines, and I know, gotta get on. I grab the pitcher, I grab the candle. Oh, Dr. Father, out I come. And as I did, that hot wax from the candle dropped right on my thigh. And I never realized, when you're wearing leotards and hot wax, I was, it, first off, it was natural humor. I was going, oh, 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 you know, all that kind of, you know, trying to work with it while at the same time, I'm trying to get these leotards off of my skin, and I didn't realize you can't. Like, you, you you can't. I couldn't get, I couldn't get a hold of it. I'm, my mind, I'm thinking, is, are the leotards melting to my skin with the hot wax? And, you know, so... I learned a lesson, right? The lesson I learned is this that I was not late coming out for the scene, but I was also not ready, right? Uh, We've been studying 2 Samuel, but I think it's always valuable every so often, particularly seeing things happening in our world, to stop and remember an event is coming. And if you're a believer, If you're a child of God, if you've been born again, you will not be late for this event. You won't. It literally is impossible for you to be late for this event if you're a child of God. But the question I have is, will you be ready for it? Because the difference between being late, not being late, and being ready. And so let's ask the Lord to stir us. Father, we ask you to take your scriptures today... ENCOURAGE US, CHALLENGE US, COMFORT US, RENEW US, CONVICT US. SPIRIT OF THE LIVING GOD, FALL FRESH ON US. WE PRAY THROUGH YOUR WORD IN THE NAME OF JESUS. WE DO PRAY. AMEN. AMEN. Well, PAUL WRITES TO THE CORINTHIANS, AND NEAR THE END OF HIS FIRST LETTER TO THE CORINTHIANS, IN 1 CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 15, THE APOSTLE PAUL SAYS THESE WORDS, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. and This mortal must put on immortality. Paul is speaking about an event that we refer to as the rapture. Uh, we get that word from his letter to the Thessalonians a few uh, letters later where he's speaking to them about uh, what is to come. And he says, the Lord himself will descend, 1 Thessalonians four sixteen, from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain... We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's the word, rapturro, English rapture. That, that being snatched, being caught up together with the Lord. Uh, what we want to see today is the reminder of the implication of, of that event, because I can believe it can happen at any moment. We want to see today first what we can know what we can imagine and what we can do. But I believe what we can know is very clear, and it's this, Jesus Christ is coming again. He's coming again. Now, in the body of Christ, wonderful, Scripture-loving individuals, there's disagreement as to how that will unfold, you know, what, what, what will happen in, in what order. Uh, I am... I just always say, you know, I I love my brothers and sisters in Christ who don't agree with me, but I am comfortably confident uh, that, that Scripture lays out the fact that the very beginning of the return of Christ is the rapture of the church, that he is going to call us to meet him in the air. And I believe that. I believe Jesus makes clear he's coming in Matthew chapter 24. Uh, We read there in verse 30 of Matthew chapter 24, Jesus says, uh, let me get the beginning of the verse, and then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. Jesus says, this event is coming. The angels say that in the book of Acts. After Jesus goes to the cross, he's crucified. He is risen from the dead in great power. He talks to his disciples about uh, that, uh, his plan for them. And he tells them all about how scripture pointed all to him and his coming. And then he lets them know he's coming again. And he ascends into heaven. And when he does in Acts chapter 1, as they're watching him, we read, and uh, he was lifted up in a cloud, Acts 1 verse 9, they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. They watched him ascend. They knew he said he's coming back. And so they're just standing. Is he just going up and coming down? Like what, 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 what? And the angels say to them, he's coming again, but you're not supposed to just stand here. There's a purpose for you why he has left you, but the angels make it clear. Kent Hughes in his commentary said over 318 times in the New Testament. You go look for them all if you want, you know, but 318 times the the reference is to Jesus coming again. In the book of Revelation, it's in the beginning and it's at the end. Revelation chapter 1 We read in verse 7, behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him so it is to be. He's coming again. And at the very end of Revelation chapter 22, Jesus, verse 7, says, behold, I'm coming quickly. In verse 12, behold, I am coming quickly. In verse 20 of Revelation 22, Jesus says, yes, I am coming coming quickly. What can we know? We can know this. Jesus Christ is coming again. He's coming to establish his kingdom on earth. And I believe that 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17 is referring to the very next event that can happen for us at any moment when we read that, that uh, we will be caught up together with them in the clouds, right? To meet the Lord in the air. Raptures have occurred before. You may say, what? Enoch in the Old Testament. Enoch, we read, walked with God, and he was no more. God took him. Uh, we read about it in um, 2 Kings chapter 2. In 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 1, we read: It came about when the Lord was about to take up Elijah by a whirlwind to heaven, that Elijah went with Elisha. And we get to verse 11, we see, as they were going along and talking, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, which separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. In other words, he was raptured. Paul says, that's what is imminent for us. What does imminent mean? Dr. Reynolds Showers says, imminence is the combination of two conditions, certainty and uncertainty. By an imminent event, we mean one which is certain to occur at some time, but we are uncertain at what time, right? In other words, when Jesus speaks in Matthew chapter 13, we are uncertain not because we haven't read the Word, not because we lack wisdom. We are uncertain because Jesus said that's the plan, right? Imminent in Mark chapter 13 and verse Uh, 26 we read jesus saying then they will see the son of man coming in clouds with power and great glory right when well verse 32 but of that day or hour no one knows not even the angels in heaven nor the son but the father alone take heed keep on the alert you do not know when the appointed time will come so we've had people write books and say, Jesus is coming back on November the 2nd, 2011, uh, and it didn't happen, right? And that person rewrote a book and was like, I got my, my numbers wrong, it's actually, going, and it didn't happen again. You know, and and uh, the, the, the point is, what is imminency? Imminency is the certainty, and that's what we read there. It's certain, it's an appointed time, but it's uncertain when. I don't know if you, you, some of you read in the news this week, they came out with the report, if you remember a couple months ago, the, the Boeing 737 where the door blew off in midair while the plane was flying filled with passengers. So the, the NTSB, FAA, whatever, they did their, their studies. The report came back, and they figured out what happened. The door had four particular bolts that really were necessary for the, for the plug part of it, and they were repairing that. They took it to the Boeing facilities in Washington State, and they made the, the, the repairs. Uh, unrelated, you know, they, they just happened to be photographing the reinstallation of the door on the plane. You know, and, and as they researched and found these photographs of the reinstallation of the door, they realized the four bolts that had been removed that were necessary for the heavy security of the door. They could get the door in place, but the four bolts that were necessary to keep it there, they were missing. Nobody noticed it. Nobody picked it up. It's very different from the astronauts. If if you remember when we lost our astronauts in space, uh, there were people on the ground saying that they shouldn't be flying. The O-rings aren't gonna hold. It's not gonna work. Nobody picked it up. So it wasn't an imminent event. In other words, nobody was on the plane saying, that door's gonna go any moment. We just don't know when, but it's gonna happen, right? They obviously wouldn't have gotten on the plane, right? Imminence requires certainty, and uncertainty certainty that Jesus Christ is coming again uncertain we don't know when which is what makes it any moment expectancy and the early church clearly was expecting Christ to come back any moment when, when, when Paul writes to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 he says our citizenship is is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're eagerly waiting. We're expecting him to come. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, what does Paul say about their lives in verse 9? For they themselves, the people who know you, they report about us what kind of reception we had with you, how you turned to God from idols, And you turn to serve a living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. That is Jesus who rescues us from the wrath to come. See, Paul doesn't say you're saved now and you're waiting for the tribulation and the wrath of God no he says you're waiting for the moment that we get caught up because we are not meant to experience the wrath of god does that mean the church isn't going to suffer not at all listen we have brothers and sisters in christ around the world who are losing their lives because of their faith in jesus they're they're in lands where militants are, are, are 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 literally causing them to be martyred right any, any of us could suffer for our faith in Christ. It doesn't mean we won't. Matter of fact, we know we'll experience tribulation and difficulty. But, we're not ta- but when we talk about what's ahead, Paul says, you didn't get saved to wait for the wrath of God upon the earth. You got saved to wait to be caught up. And the early church was waiting what can we know we know that jesus christ is coming again we know it's imminent in other words i may not finish this sermon it it could be that the rapture of the church of the followers of jesus occurs what can we imagine at that moment well if you look at the gospel of luke it's an incredible description that jesus gives For in the gospel of Luke, in Luke chapter 12, in verse 35, Jesus says, Be dressed in readiness. Keep your lamps lit. Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast, so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Luke 12, 37, blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly I say to you, they will gird themselves and serve the master and have the master recline at the table. And if you're reading along, you're saying, that's not what my translation says, because it doesn't, mine doesn't either. Jesus doesn't say that. He doesn't say, wait for me because I'm coming and when I come, you're going to have the incredible privilege to serve me. We will. Please don't misunderstand or misquote me. There's going to be incredible joy in eternity being able to serve the Lord and worship him. But understand what he says here. He says, truly I say to you that he, that is the master that you've been waiting for, he will gird himself to serve and have them The servants who are waiting for him to return, have them recline at the table, and he will come and wait on them. Uh, Does it blow your mind? That's our God. Our God isn't a God who says, look, you all deserve to suffer in hell forever, and just be thankful that I rescued you and saved you, and just... KEEP YOUR MOUTH QUIET AND DO WHATEVER. NO, WE HAVE A GOD WHO SAYS, ABSOLUTELY, PLEASE DON'T, live. I DESERVE HELL. APART FROM JESUS, THERE'S NOTHING IN ME THAT DESERVES HEAVEN. WHEN I UNDERSTOOD THE GOSPEL THAT JESUS CHRIST DIED FOR MY SIN, HE PAID THE PRICE FOR MY SIN, AND I SAID, OH, FORGIVE ME, LORD. I PUT ALL MY FAITH AND TRUST IN YOU. OH, MAKE ME YOUR CHILD. HE SAVED ME. HE'S GIVEN ME ETERNAL LIFE IN HEAVEN, BUT YOU realize he saved us so that what so that he could bless us so that he could he could shower us with his goodness i mean that's what jesus is sharing here understand i want you to stop he says and think about why i'm doing it all in john chapter 14 when jesus is speaking to them in john 14 he says it's all about our relationship. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm getting heaven ready for you. I'm setting up that inheritance that I have for you. the, 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 The works for you to enjoy, the beauty of it all. And he says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. It's about being with Him. He wants us to enjoy His presence. He wants to be able to give us a banquet table. He wants us to be able to experience life like we never have because we live on a sinful planet. That's why Paul says to the Thessalonians, we're going to be caught up together to meet Him in the air, and so shall we ever be with Him. Jesus says, you're going to be with me. Paul says, we're going to be with Him. No wonder the songwriter said, I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. Paul tells the Romans after explaining all about every one of us is a sinner. And if you've never heard that, folks, I hope you hear it today. Scripture is so honest, there is none that are righteous, not one. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Paul tells them how they can be saved, not through works, but through righteousness that can come through faith in Christ, and he tells us that if we can have peace with god through faith in jesus but he talks to talk about that relationship we have and in romans chapter 8 he says this in verse 31 what then shall we say if god is for us who is against us he who did not spare his own son but delivered him over for us all how will he not also with him freely give us all things You get what he's saying? Now, please, I am not putting out here a prosperity gospel. Come to Jesus, and you're going to win the lottery, and you're going to never get sick, and you're going to, you know, get things, you know, everything you want. I'm not talking about that. Neither am I talking about coming to Jesus so I could just get get more things in heaven. I came to Jesus because I don't deserve a thing. Uh, I'm lost without him. Oh, Jesus, (laughs) lost without you. I came to Jesus through faith because of what incredible love God has that he would give us the opportunity to be saved. But my point is that love isn't done. God didn't use up all of his resources at the cross. That's the greatest event that of, of love we'll ever know. But Romans tells us that. He, he has more to give us, more to give us. Jesus says, if you're expecting and looking for me because you know I'm coming, imagine this, that I'm going to be letting you dine and I've got so much for you to rejoice in. We've never known the beauty of nature and loving relationships Without being aware at the same time of the possible destruction and death, I remember talking to Natalie before she was ever expecting Claire, and like other women, you know, perhaps a young at the time well, what what if God, what what if God, you know, if God doesn't give me a child, or if I just know that I'm going to have a child, I said, listen, if you think having a child ends. YOUR ANXIETY, IT'S JUST THE BEGINNER. <laughs> BECAUSE YOU BECOME SO AWARE OF EVERYTHING THAT CAN GO WRONG. YOU ALL KNOW THAT. AND IT DOESN'T END WHEN YOUR CHILDREN GET INTO THEIR TEENAGE YEARS. MATTER OF FACT, IT DOESN'T BEGIN THERE. IT DOESN'T END THERE. IT DOESN'T END WHEN THEY LEAVE THE HOUSE. YOU, you, you JUST HAVE A se- YOU CARRY WITH YOU THAT SENSE OF AWARENESS OF ALL THE HURTS THAT LIFE CAN BRING, RIGHT? That we don't know life without that. But we should think about it sometimes. I, I was listening yesterday to my Michael W. Smith 2 album. Now that one was, was I, I was, yeah. That we, matter of fact, we, one of the songs we sang today was from his first album, I think. You know, Oh Lord, Our Lord, how majestic is your name. But I was listening, and, and his number two album, that was like, I don't know, 80s or whatever. And he sang a song called I Am Sure. And he had a phrase in there where he says, I like to think about the new creation, things that God will do. And he sings, so every now and then I stop and close my eyes and I enjoy the view, right? Do you do that? Do you stop and close your eyes and go, wait a minute, wait, what is it gonna be like? Do you enjoy the view or does this view Prevent that for you. I don't mean whatever's happening over there. I mean, earth, you know. Does, you know what, 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 do you enjoy the view? Do you spend time and think about love without loss? Variety without jealousy? New adventures without any risk or worry? Sharing without fighting? You could go on and on and on. Do you close your eyes and imagine what's in store? BECAUSE IT COULD LITERALLY BE AT 1153 THAT YOU'RE STARTING TO EXPERIENCE THAT, RIGHT? WHAT CAN WE KNOW? JESUS CHRIST IS COMING AGAIN. THE RAPTURE IS IMMINENT. IT CAN HAPPEN AT ANY MOMENT what can we imagine we can imagine what god has in store the incredible beauty of what human life you're not going to be a bird you're not going to be a feather or a butterfly that's just not in scripture you're going to be you god created adam and eve this is my design for the human race human beings go enjoy sin tarnished it all but not someday in the kingdom. You're gonna breathe in a way you've never breathed before. You're gonna see things that you know, you're gonna taste things that are just better than anything you've ever tasted here. You're going to hear in a way, it's close your eyes and enjoy the view. Because that leads to the third thing and the last thing. What can we do? What can we do is what he tells us in Luke chapter 12. What can we do is not that we sell everything and we go buy some land down in South Africa like Jim Jones did years ago. We're not talking about any of that. We're here for a reason. We're here for a purpose, right? What can we do? He says in Luke chapter 12 and verse 35, be dressed in readiness. Keep your lamps lit. Be ready for that moment. Verse 38, Verse 39, but be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. You too, be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Be ready. Be ready. Mark chapter 13, Jesus says four times, be alert, be alert, be alert. You don't know when I'm coming, be alert. How do we remain ready? Like I said, do we remain ready by we just all live here in the church and just keep singing, he's coming? No, that's not what he has for us. How, are we, how do we be ready? Well, James gives us one aspect. I'll give you a few. James gives us one. And, and the first thing we read about is don't spend your time grumbling and complaining while you're still here. The Church of Jesus Christ, Christians are... Not, are WE'RE SUPPOSED TO BE THE ONES THAT THOSE AROUND US SAY, YOU KNOW, I NEVER HEAR THAT PERSON COMPLAINING. I NEVER HEAR THEM GRUMBLING. IN JAMES CHAPTER 5, WHAT DO WE READ IN VERSE 7? WE READ, THEREFORE BE PATIENT, BRETHREN, UNTIL THE COMING OF THE LORD. THE FARMER WAITS FOR THE PRECIOUS PRODUCE OF THE SOIL. Be patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. You too be patient. Strengthen your hearts for the coming of the Lord is near. Do not complain, brethren, against one another. Right? The judge is standing at the door. I'm not saying you can't ever get, oh, that was a lousy banana. I, I'm not talking about things that, yeah, yeah, that that's okay. All right? I, you know, but I, I'm talking about that, that, a lifestyle of, boy, Grumbling, look what they got, look what I didn't get, this isn't fair, what's going on? But you know, it's tied into a second thing, and that is don't be captivated by things of this earth. What, What does Jesus say in Luke chapter 21? Not that you can't enjoy them, don't be captivated by them. In Luke chapter 21, what do we read there in verse? Thirty four, be on your guard so that your hearts will not be weighted down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life, and that day will not come on you suddenly like a trap. Verse thirty six, keep on the alert. In other words, don't let yourself go, you know, what, uh, I guess we're, we, while we're waiting, we might as well just dull our senses and just get drunk or, or, or stay on this heightened sense of anxiety and worry about all things. Jesus says, if you know what's coming and if you take the time to enjoy the view, it should eliminate from you being captured, being held captive by this earth, right? Again, folks, listen to me. You're, don't let, you know, cults are, take extreme. you say, say, ah, boy, I, I was all excited. I got a new car this week. Great. Thank God for your new car. Enjoy your new car. Don't be captured by it. Don't let it take hold of your heart, right, that, 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 that it, it somehow can rob you of your joy. Don't be grumbling and complaining. Don't be captive. Stay faithful with the gifts God's given you at luke chapter 12 right look at luke chapter 12 what do we read there in verse 42 Uh, this is right after he said in verse 40 you too be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour that you don't expect verse 42 the lord said who then is the faithful and sensible steward whom his master will put in charge of his servants to give them their rations at the proper time blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes, how do you stay ready? Be faithful with the gifts God's given you. Care about the lives that he's put around you. Be involved in, 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 in ministry in some way through the church, through, through your, your neighborhood, through just caring for lives. What are you doing with the gifts God has given you? We're supposed to be ready and alert. How? In such a way, in Second Timothy, when he talks about being ready in the sense of being ready to be approved by God, what's he say? Study to show yourself an approved workman at God's coming. That you that you're in the Word. Read the Word. Confess your sin. Be ready. Walk with God. Enoch walked with God, and God took him. How do we be ready? Be ready by staying away from grumbling and complaining and being joyful and and, and being a faithful servant. But, But you know he's coming. Consider what's ahead and be ready. Be ready. Listen, if you're a child of God, if you've been saved, I promise you this, you're not gonna be late to the rapture. YOU MAY BE IN YOUR CAR PUTTING YOUR MAKEUP ON WHILE YOU'RE DRIVING, BUT IF, if THE RAPTURE'S COMING, YOU'RE GOING AT THAT MOMENT. That, WHAT I MEAN IS, it, you, YOU KNOW, YOU'RE NOT GOING TO BE LATE. THE QUESTION IS, WILL YOU BE READY? AND, and YOU, LISTEN, IF YOU'RE EMBROILED in, in, IN SIN RIGHT NOW AND YOU'RE A CHILD OF GOD, YOU KNOW YOU'RE NOT READY. CONFESS IT. LAY IT DOWN. LORD, GIVE ME A NEW READINESS for your return maybe you're here today maybe you're watching online and if i asked you if you were born again you would say i I don't know if i said do you know when you die will you go to heaven and you say i'm not sure well you can know because scripture says these things i've written to you who believe in the name of the son of god that you may know that you have eternal life know it it's a promise from jesus right whoever hears my words and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and shall not come into judgment has passed from death to life. Have you done that? Have you come to faith in Jesus? When I got saved as a teenager, I remember a song by Larry Norman at the time, and it was about the rapture, that moment that's coming. And he sang the words at that moment, there's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. Don't let that be you. If Jesus raptured the church at this moment, don't be one of the ones that's sitting here saying, I missed it. And it has nothing to do with money. It's nothing to do with signing up for something. Right where you sit right now, Almighty God, I need your salvation. Save me. THIEF ON THE CROSS SAYING, I NEED YOU, JESUS. JESUS SAYS, GOOD, BECAUSE TODAY YOU'LL BE WITH ME IN PARADISE. LET'S BOW BEFORE THE LORD. IF YOU'RE HERE TODAY, FRIEND, AND YOU'VE NEVER PUT YOUR FAITH IN JESUS, FOR YOUR SAKE, JESUS WANTS YOU TO BE READY FOR HIS COMING. YOUR HEART JUST, OH, LORD GOD, I CONFESS MY SIN TO YOU. I NEED JESUS. I BELIEVE HE DIED ON THE CROSS AS THE ONLY PAYMENT FOR MY SIN. HE ROSE FROM THE DEAD. I PUT ALL MY FAITH IN WHAT HE DID FOR ME. SAVE ME, GOD. YOU PRAY THAT PRAYER, RIGHT NOW, GOD WILL MAKE YOU HIS CHILD. CHRISTIAN FRIEND, THE the COMING OF JESUS IS SURE. IF YOU'RE A CHILD OF GOD, HE'S GOING TO, catch you up in the air with the rest. But are you ready? Are you living a life that is ready for that event? Are you taking the time sometimes to stop and enjoy the view of what's ahead so that you would be faithful, serving in the time that you have? Today's a brand new day, my friend. Let all of that baggage fall off. Whatever it is, drop it at the feet of Jesus. Cleanse me, Lord. Give me a new, fresh walk. He will. Thank you, Father, for this passage of Scripture. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.